everyone's favorite podcast, It's Reclaimed Audio, with your hosts, Phil Pinsky, Phil Lutz, and Tim Sway. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of Reclaimed Audio. This is episode 152 for October 3rd, 2018. This week's top Patreon supporters are Make, Build, Modify, Stu Morrison, The Godfather, Jimmy DeResta. Keep that trumpet out, we got a newbie at the end. Scott Turner, Greg Mead, Chad Grossclaws, Shane Bronson, Keith Decent, Ryan Ridgely, Jeff Shaw, Infinite Craftsman, LiquidRC.com, Mike Jeffcoat of Leathernet Garage, Jim Bashirs, Brad Dudenhofer of HeartwoodWorkshop.com, Paul Jackman, the boys over at Maybe I've Said Too Much, John Made It, Barry Custom, and Creator Nader. Yeah. I, I would like to take this opportunity to um, just, I want to say it like this, and I, I would advise Phil for you to say it like this every week. <clears throat> the creator nader. <laughs> no, I'll take that under advisement. Totally. Yeah. Thank yeah. you so much, brother, for jumping on the bandwagon. We appreciate you and love you very much. And thank you for the interesting iTunes review, which we will probably read out later. Yeah. Yeah, we got a couple good ones. Yeah. Yeah. That one wasn't, but you know there are some good ones in there. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> well, you haven't read it. Yet. <laughs> just, just. You could read that one. Uh, what are we working on? Let's go with Bill Lutz. What are you working on? I'm so working on stuff. I installed. I finished the arch pallet wall insert inset things and installed them at the salon. And get this, I made a video. It's it's going to be published after this show. It'll be well, on the tubes of the use soon. I mean, like tonight. By tonight, I mean two days ago. Oh, all right. You know, when you were talking for the last couple of weeks, you've been talking about those arches and the way you were describing it, I honestly had no idea what you were talking about. But seeing them on Instagram, they look really, really I thought you were doing the opposite of what you did. I thought you were making. Anyways, obviously I got that. So wrong, you thought that the, really the, cool. the arch was going to be like a blank space and pallet wood around it. Yes. Oh. Like I thought it was going to be like a pallet wood doorway, basically. Yeah, and that's what I was picturing too at first. Yeah. Yeah. But then I saw yeah. you started posting pictures of the process, and I got it. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 a weird thing because I don't know what was there. There was just two. It's an inset. alcove. That's the correct word. An alcove. That's what they are. Is it, in, inset is it arches. An alcove. I don't think so. Sure. There's no there's no depth limit or pre-requirement to be called an alcove. If you're an inset, if you're an inset doorway that actually doesn't go anywhere, it's an alcove. But I it's not a doorway. It's like a feature. It's, it's just not a doorway. I call you a feature. It's an alcove. It's not a doorway. <laughs> there was never I know, a door there. It's a there. fake doorway. It's a fake no, doorway. There was never a door there ever. That's what makes it fake though. That's it was, right. Yeah. It's not that's not the part that makes it an alcove. Well, if anybody has a fake doorway that they need filled with pallet wood in an archy looking sense, I'm your man. Hmm. That's what I'm saying. These are so, called yeah. I'm Archie. Yeah. I, that's, that's my nickname, believe it or not. I don't. I don't, I don't believe it either. I don't believe yeah. either. Yeah, so that's what I did. And, uh, and uh, so next, it's just the salon is going to take up most of my time for the next couple of months because they got 
like eight weeks before they got to be in there cutting hair and making money. So that's what I did. It was fun too. Casey helped me install it and it was good stuff. Good. Just Brad nails and, uh, no, and, uh, uh like contractor glue. Yeah. Two plywood because I had to build it here and then take the whole thing already assembled in two pieces over there. Watch the video. Yeah. I'm, I'm, that, but, but then I screwed awesome. it into the wall, uh, with some long, long, long screws. Cause luckily the, for whatever reason, whoever built those arches is pla- uh, backed by uh, three-quarter inch plywood. So oh, made it nice. so nice not to have to worry about finding studs oh, yeah. or anything. Just, yeah. Genius. But, yeah. Hmm, I wonder why so, they did that. That's weird. Okay, yeah. Cool. So, and there will be, uh, I got shelves that will fill those arches. That uh, neat design idea that I've got that will be coming up as well. And, it's, again, plywood. Now you got an inch and a half of plywood to screw into for the shelves. Yeah, it's not, you know what, though? The way I've designed this, though, these shelves are going to lean into the wall, so it's not going to take much to hold them up. It's just going to just basically keep them from the the supports from being knocked over. It's kind of a neat idea that I have. So we'll see how that works out. A semi-floating backwards bracket shelving unit. I don't know how to describe it. I'll have to wait for Instagram pictures then. I think it's going to be an arch. Alcove, yeah. yeah. I was going to arch the shelves themselves, but apparently the product would fall right off, so I got to do straight line shelving. Yeah. <laughs> Boring. Huh. I know. Yeah, honestly. Talk about it. whatever. I'm going to call it an, instead of an in alcove, I'm going to call it an anti-outset. Well, I was just I was just trying to not conform or, uh, no, it's not time to segue yet, so go ahead. Tim, what are you working on? Uh, what am I working on? Uh, well, one of the things I'm going to talk about in the podcast, because uh, <laughs> it goes in with our topic, I wanted to take, I got a bunch of little things going on right now, but I wanted to take this opportunity to mention two things. Uh, one is that uh, for anybody that's local to me in Connecticut, on Sunday, October 14th from 11 to 5 is the uh, Northeast Guitar Expo at the Oakdale Theater in Wallingford, Connecticut. It's 11 to 5. And, uh, I'll be there with guitars. I'm going to be giving one away. So it's not like, a, you know, it's going to be all guitars. It's not like necessarily like a like a maker show or like a woodworking show. But if anybody's in the area and wants to come out, I, it would be awesome. I would love to, to see you there. I'll be hanging out. And you what time? Potentially win a guitar. I pro- maybe I can catch a flight. Yeah, so, yeah, it's 11 o'clock. So well, I don't know what time that is for you. So it's 8 for you. So get on the plane at 8. You'll be fine. Uh, and, that's uh, the way that works. It's a yeah, it's this, a, yeah. It's a teleporter. Yes, exactly. Yeah, just you know, we'll be fine. Uh, so, and then the uh, the other thing I I didn't mention last week, but I posted a video two weeks ago where I uh, I took two guitars and I put the same pickup in them, and then I made another guitar out of just like a two by four, and I I bolted a neck to it, and I did like because there's a lot of guys that do these like quote tone wood videos on YouTube, and they and they they you know wax on and off about. Uh, like you know, different things about tone, and it gets real nerdy with guitars. And so I thought I'd kind of throw my little hat in the ring because I, I knew I could get some some clicks on it too. And I was doing it for that, and I did it for a pickup company. I got some pickups, and I was like kind of demoing them. But um, it's been so much fun because it's one of those things. It's, it's subjective. But what mm-hmm. I did that was different than everybody else is um, I played these three guitars, but I obscured them so you can't see which one it is. And I'm just telling people, all right, pick your favorite or guess which one is which. Um, yeah. And some people are dead on, you know, but then some people are like dead on wrong for the same exact reasons as the person that's dead on, you know what I mean? Like that one's too thin, so it must be this. And, you know, this one's too thin, so it must be this. And it's like this, you know, it's it's so funny just to read the, I've been having so much fun reading the comments. And what's been really cool about it is that there have been a few 
people some people get hostile on the internet. I don't know if you knew that or not. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yep. Oh, I've but, encountered yep. it once or twice. Uh, yeah, so it happens a bit. It's been <laughs> it's been surprisingly because you know the the numbers are are pretty high already. I've only, it's been up for about a week, oh, two weeks, and I guess it's just started to kind of catch a week ago. So I'm at like thirty thousand views right now on the one video and like ten thousand on the other or something. And there's two parts to it, and it, for the most part, it's not negative. It's people. I say I, their I got in on it early. Uh, there was like maybe twenty comments or so, and everybody was saying something different, but everybody liked it. And personally, I um, I wouldn't know how to tell which is which, but they all sounded different and they all sounded good. It's just a preference I, thing. Yeah, I thought it was interesting too that they all sounded different. Uh, I didn't expect them to sound as different as they did because I was of the belief that it was the, you know, that the wood was not that important. But I don't think it's the wood that's making them sound all that different. I think there's other factors at play, including some of the wiring issues. The bridges are different. Uh, I mean, I use the same strings, I use the same pick, and I use the same amp settings and all that. But there's other factors of the guitars that make them different. So I'm working on something to to do another video in this. Uh, I have an idea that's going to be kind of fun uh, for another sort of guitar that I can really A, B, and like eliminate every variable. Like except for the wood, I have this kind of fun idea. Which, so I'm I'm trying to maybe get a sponsor for it or something. But uh, I started sketching it out, and I think it's going to work. If you can get somebody to give you, you all you have to do is just you have it would take not all you have to do. Um, you have to use the same tuners, the same strings, the same bridges. All of that would have to be the same, and you just put a different body on it. So well, next, no, I have an I have a, I have an idea that's a little more fun than that. Wow. <laughs> more fun than that. Be, yeah. Oh, sorry, yeah. Phil. Yeah. Oh, oh, Phil, are you here? What are you up to, hey, buddy? Hey, what are you working on, man? Well, sorry, I just woke up. Um, I'm not. I'm not working on much because I've been in Florida for the last week uh, for work. I was in Fort Lauderdale and West Palm Beach uh, mostly, but then I spent two days in uh, in Tampa, specifically in Ebor City. And let me just look it up because somebody reached out to let me know about a restaurant while I was there, and I want to. I give a you want to thank them because it was such an amazing restaurant? Uh, I don't know if I actually went, but uh, I oh. want to just... Born in the Basement, which seems like a pretty awful fate. Uh, Matt Parker. He... Matt Parker? Matt Parker reached out to me and was very nice, and he said that you knew that I was going to be in Tampa or whatever. He's like, "You should are you going to be in Ebor City? I was like, yes, you should check out this restaurant. But then as I sort of... Uh, Google Maps it and started walking and the area started getting sketchier and sketchier and I was like I'll just stay in this well lit area over here where there are plenty of restaurantes and uh, and that's what I did but, uh, <laughs> but it's, there, are no, there are no basements in Florida maybe he wasn't born in Florida maybe huh. it doesn't uh, matter Phil you, you should always stay in the light anyway how, how are we to look at you and admire you if you're not in the light just stay in the light Phil you know, if I didn't hear the words you said and just went by the tone, that wasn't very nice. <laughs> but luckily, the words were very nice, so we're even Stevens. Uh, and uh, and speaking of meetups, next week uh, I will be flying to uh, North Carolina again. I'm going to be in. Uh, I'm going to be staying in Greensboro. So if anybody is in the tri-city area of Greensboro, High Point, I think Raleigh or whatever, is it Raleigh? I don't know. Whatever the third one is. Uh, let me know, and we'll do a little meetup in, in Greensboro. Isn't, isn't that where those other podcast guys are from? I don't know. That, last, that last time I met up with Izzy and a couple other dudes there, it was fun. Yeah, because you might get stuck with, like, Laffy. 
Just, I'm just warning you. You're, oh, no, so he's is, in South the... Carolina. Oh, okay, okay, you're fine then. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm not going to be in Carolina at all, Laffy. I'm going to be in <laughs> maybe in California or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> so, hi I don't know. Yeah. He, uh, he apparently was very happy with his purchase of the Tim Sway Square. I, I just say that. Yeah, it, t- it took him long enough, you know, yeah, but yeah. whatever. He's a good friend. He's... <laughs> Yeah, he's he's a gentleman. <laughs> no, he's, probably. He is. Yeah, no, I just, I'm rounding just, him up. Like, just busting on him, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. so this week's topic, uh, well, it's not something that we've done so far, but it's something we're going to be doing probably, maybe. It's called breaking with tradition, and why breaking with tradition? Because, you know, as we do things in our shops and in our lives, we kind of have these recipes that we've created for how we do things, and we just land up. A lot of times just following them, like even something as silly as milling wood, right? First you joint, then you plane, then you edge joint, then you, you know, put on the table saw, and that's how you get an S4S board, right? Well, maybe you don't have to do it in that order specifically. Maybe there's another way to do it, and, you know, and we just sort of have these recipes that we've put down that we think are the best way to do something, and then we just give up thinking about them. We just follow this instruction set going forward and I thought you know maybe obviously it's not going to always be something as mundane as milling wood maybe it's the place that we buy our wood maybe it's the place where we buy our metal maybe it's you know the haunts that we go to to find uh, reclaim maybe we start thinking outside those boxes and uh, and coming up with new ways of doing things even though the old ways aren't necessarily broken so the opposite if it ain't broke don't fix it or if it ain't broke something yeah. like that well, even if it ain't broke, optimize. That kind of thing. Uh, I, th- I think it's important to always continue to, to learn and grow and change. And the, the surefire way to not do that is to stick with tradition. Yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, it's, right. you know, so you, you might have a, you know, based on years of woodworking, you might have a really, like, excellent solution for how to do your S4S. Uh, and so... You might be like, think, oh, well, there's no point in doing it my way is better. But sometimes it's worth trying it another way, even if your way is better, just to, to kind of reaffirm your beliefs and what you're doing. And you might just discover something else along the way. And I know, like, squaring up wood is kind of a boring example. But um, but that's, that's uh, I think, super important for any creative types to, uh, to not get too comfortable with anything, you know? I agree, 100%. Yeah. First of all, if I had stuck to tradition or not broken tradition... Uh, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be building anything. I wouldn't be making anything. I you know what I mean? Like that that isn't something that really runs in the family or anything like that. I really broke with tradition to even do this at all, and I'm so glad that I did because I I wouldn't have uh, the joy that I have in my life, and that is you know the making. I wouldn't have met you two fine gentlemen or many of the other people that you know I I communicate with on a daily basis, and I think that would have been a real loss. I agree. So, and at what yeah, point, yeah. though, at what point do you do you say, you know what, don't break with tradition, though, because it works? I think I think maybe um, and it's a great, great question. I think for me, it comes down to, you know, um, gear acquisition syndrome. That's where I start to pump the brakes. You know, like, I'm good. I don't need to buy anything. Stop looking on Craigslist. Stop on Kijiji. Like, you don't need to upgrade any more of your stuff. Anything, and I'm talking to me right now, anything Phil wants to build at this point, Phil could build. 
Like, yeah. like my tools are not limiting me. You know, it, I think there's an old expression, it's the poor craftsman that blames his tools. Like, at this point, I have nothing to point the finger at. Like, I am well within my skill limit with the tools that I have right now. So that's where it ain't broke. There's no point in trying to get, you know, a better table saw or a bigger whatever. Um, I'm good. And I, and I think a lot of people sometimes can't get out of the mind frame of, oh, I got to get some. Oh, I got to look on this. Oh, I got to check this out. You know, constantly in that always upgrade mode because that's the funnest part of the hobby for them maybe and not necessarily the making yeah. stuff but of the yeah. collecting. Because don't forget, collecting anything is a huge hobby. Well, it's, for some people, though, it's not. For some people, they have the mindset that, you know what, if I only had this, I could do that. And that's yeah. not always the, yeah. the case. And that's what you're saying. It's like, I like the way you said that. You can build anything within your skill set with the tools that you have right now. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, the tools that's, are better than me at this, like, at this point. Like, right. The tools I have yeah. are better than me. Like, there's, exactly. no, oh my God, there's no yeah. limits here. Yeah. For the most yeah. part, all tools there's are a limit than the me. people. Yeah. yeah. The yeah, limitation you know. is never the tool. Yeah. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm the like only at one point, myself. I felt like it was like when I had that rickety skill saw table saw, like I really felt like I wasn't. It didn't. It didn't. Feel, a lot of it didn't feel safe. You know what I mean? So I kind of was like holding back on the things I would do. Like the fence was horrible, and you couldn't do a zero clearance insert plate. So thin strips of something. If I wanted to do edge banding, I wouldn't be able. To, stupid example, but you know what I mean? Like the tool just couldn't allow me to do certain things, and I'm sure I could have figured out a way to. Jimmy I was going to say, I, I promise you that if you if now, if you went now, to somebody's yes. house and all they have is a rickety old table saw, you could rickety old table saw the heck out of that thing and yeah. build whatever you wanted to because your skill set has grown as well. That's true. I used to, I used to make edge banding like eighth inch sli uh, slices of wood with my skill saw before I had a table saw. Right. Because yep. then it you clamp took, on some kind of a fence and right. run it through. It, it took forever and it, it was never perfect, but I did it. And because I had to, and now I would never do it that way again. <laughs> but if I had to, I could, you know, and that's right. you could too. Yeah. But you had the skill set. I didn't at the time. I was sort of trusting in the. Now, are you kidding? I would toss that fence. I'd clamp on a, a ply, yeah, plywood board, four, raise the whatever. blade, and yeah. build my own fence and do whatever I wanted. You're right. You're right. Yeah. But yeah. it took me having better tools to gain the skill set because I wasn't worried about my safety at the time. Now I could, yeah. You know, yeah. I, I think sometimes, too, breaking with tradition, one of the benefits to that is if you don't know that you, you – how do you say this? You I can't know you, you can't appreciate yeah. something until you screw it up, right? So yeah. if like yeah. – or not even screw it up, but let's say you work 10 times harder than you had to, Tim, using a skill saw to make edge banding. So now that yeah. you do have a tool that, or the, the ability to make edge banding a lot better, easier, safer, aren't you like – yeah, I remember back in the day when I used to use a skill saw. I yeah. mean, it's there's something about that that appreciation yeah. that comes from absolutely trying and doing these weird things and breaking with tradition, breaking the norm. Yeah. You know, it's same with learning guitar. You learn on a crappy guitar, then when you get your first good one, it's like there's like the the whole learning curve thing just jumps. It's like if you can play this kind of crappy guitar and then you get a good one. And then it's all of a sudden, not only is it like you like everything that you were fighting before is gone, it just brings you to this whole new level. But if you start on the good guitar, you don't you don't you never played a crappy one. You don't know what you you know no, what you got. Sure. You know. You don't know what you don't know. And yeah. that's that that happens a lot. It's also like when like to your point with the guitar, when you're on deck, you know, you're holding two or three bats and you're swinging them, all of a sudden it's your turn to get, you know, into the batter's box and you only need the one the one bat. It feels way lighter, 
way yep. easier and you can swing it way harder. And that's yep. you know that's a lot of it too. But to yeah. Bill's to Bill's point, you know, you're right. When you you sort of you're just starting out, and you 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 got to do something and you got to figure out some way of doing it because your tools really are the limitation. Then sky's the limit because you don't know what you don't know. You don't know what's Sometimes yeah. you don't know what's yeah. necessarily safe or not. Not yeah. not knowing what you're doing, it's. I mean, just let's take safety out of it because that. I mean, you always try and be safe no matter what, and you are you yeah. are the best safety tool you'll, feature you'll ever have. But not knowing what you can't do and screwing it up ten times in a row will make you so much better than watching ten videos and building something really simple to, to get your feet wet. You know. Put the videos down, grab that saw, grab that hammer, go out, find a pallet, and have at it. Or You know what I mean? Because yeah. yes. by the time you stumble across something and you go, holy moly, why have I been doing it like this for so long? This is so much better. When you get to that point, you've got so much muscle memory, so much skills, every splinter, every nook and cranny of your being that got filled with stupidity now gets washed away. You're like, It's like baptized into, oh, I see the light. It's, it's yeah. fine. Fire. <laughs> well, you learn more from mistakes than you do successes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Well, that's yeah. been my experience anyway. Maybe there's some brilliant lesson learner out there who always wins and always learns a ton. But for me, it's always been the mistakes have been the best teacher for me. It's like, oh, that's why you don't do it like that. Yeah. Well, then it, 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 the moderate successes too. It's like you know you don't really learn from them. But like that, even a moderate failure compared to like a moderate success, like oh that sucked, but I got it done. Like, it's, yeah. that sucked and it failed and I had to start over. That's the real learning experience. Yeah. Here, yeah. here are the five things I would never do again. Yeah. You know, X, Y, Z. <laughs> yeah. Somebody, somebody once told me that wisdom doesn't come from learning from your own mistakes. Wisdom comes when you learn to learn from somebody else's mistakes. Oh, yeah. But that kind of contravenes your, uh, your suggestion earlier to don't watch videos. But that's where, because videos is no, where you would right. learn other people's mistakes. But what I'm saying yeah. is, is that wisdom, that doesn't happen until you've made a bunch of your own mistakes. And then when you get a little bit wiser, a little older, a little more confident, you realize that you can sit back and kind of check out what other people are doing wrong. It doesn't work. You know, I, to, think, I think wisdom is, is sussing out your mistake before you make it. Yeah, that's another one. I like I like I like Bill's explanation of like it's uh, you know it's learning from other people's mistakes. I've worked I've lo- watched so many of Paul Jackman's mistakes. And I've learned <laughs> a ton from this guy. Oh my god! Like encyclopedic volumes of mistakes that he's made that I've learned from. It's it's really it's been a tremendous experience. <laughs> that was really funny. Thank you very much. Thank you. I rehearsed I, I, that in front of the mirror. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure I've told this story before on the podcast, and I'll try to do it very briefly. But the, I had this this in the formidable years of my my life. I had this learning experience when I worked in the kitchens, and uh, I, I'm going to write a book about these three guys. There's three guys that I I worked with. Um, one guy went to a fancy culinary school, and he had the whole pedigree, you know, and uh, and so he when he was teaching me how to cook when I was like, a, you know, peeling carrots and stuff and learning, he would be like, this is the way it is in the book and this is the way you do it. And then there was the other guy that he, he, you know, dropped out of high school and he worked at this place, you know, for 15 years. And he was like, well, I worked here for 15 years and this is the way we always did it. And then there was this third guy that he was, I would ask him how to do stuff or you'd show me stuff. He was like, well, I do it like this. He's like, I knew this guy used to do it like this. And sometimes he does it like this. And I was thinking about trying to like this next time. And I watched in the course of two years, I watched two of those guys stay exactly where they are. One of them actually lost his job. And I watched that third guy go up and on and continue to have an amazing prosperous and and growing life like to you know move on and uh 
I realized that that's who I wanted to be. I wanted to be the guy that didn't say, well, this is the way it goes and this is the way I do it just because. I wanted to be the guy that questions everything and is always mm-hmm. trying to break tradition, is always willing to try new things. And some of them were horrible failures. I watched this guy fail and get, get his, you know, reamed out by the chef so many times. But then he was also the one that was, you know, ahead of the chef a year later, you know. Well, that's risk-reward, right? Exactly. You take minimal yeah. risk, you get minimal reward and vice versa. Yeah. But you know what? Um, another word for let's say, uh, breaking with tradition and, and succeeding, or at least it, it's disruption, right? It's disrupting. You take a look yeah. at a real-world example of that that has flipped an industry on its heel and basically all of our lives is something like Uber, right? Like, I know it's very yeah. controversial, and they're... Listen, my dad wrote a, a drove a cab for a long time, and if he were still alive, he might have an opinion about this, but the truth of the matter is, I use Uber, I love Uber, <laughs> taxis are not convenient the same way uber is and uh and it's it it's been sort of a life-changing thing especially because i travel so much to be able to just pull up a pull up an app get a driver he comes right to me i don't have to think about it i don't have to pull out a credit card to get my receipt it's just i get out i leave and the invoice is sent to me it's beautiful and that's what happens when one person questions why we do something the way we do it yeah. There's, there's more than one. I mean, I, I look at it as ride sharing. There's a couple of different ones um, because the controversy is not the idea of, of using an app to have somebody make a few extra bucks. It's it's a company. No, no, but, that is that is but, the controversy. Take a look at New York City and the medallion system. You got guys who lost their entire life savings because their medallions are now worthless because anybody can Well, that's one of the controversies. There's also uh, Uber doesn't pay their drivers anything like they said they were going to and that they blah, blah, blah. But I agree with you. I love love an app. I don't care which one it is, but I love the ability to have somebody come to your house with their car that doesn't stink, it doesn't rattle, and pick you up and it's just you and and it's already done. You paid for it, the whole thing. That is breaking from tradition. There's nothing to be done outside of your phone. So when you get out of the car, they're like, thank you, and you're thank you, and you go buy. There's no exchange of money. It's safer. It's, it's all kinds yeah. of ways that it's better than the old yeah. way. And Casey's dad used yeah. to drive a cab, so, I, you know, it's... I, I, I get, also like I get that it. they incorporated the eBay function in there of kind of like the rating system. You know who you're dealing with. The guy's right. got thousands of reviews. Here's your driver, John. He speaks English, French, and Greek, yada, 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 right? And the guy's nice to you because he's basically held accountable. Whereas yeah. taxi drivers are never held accountable. You know what I mean? Like, like you're never going to look at the guy's name and remember, oh, it was John Papsipakalis who uh, who drove me from the airport, and then he did something bad. You're going to call and report. No, that never happens. This is transparency and accountability, and it's wonderful. How, how much of technology do you think, in breaking with tradition in the, in the maker world, right, how much do you think that is impacting us right now? I think it's a lot. Well, that's a very leading question since you already answered it, but uh, I do think it's huge. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, what I mean is, I mean, can you give some examples? Like for an example yeah. I would give is just Carolina Shoes, right? They are breaking with traditions in the normal way that a corporation or a business would um, you know, pay for advertising, all of that. Yeah, market. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They're, they're catching on to this, this maker movement that's going on, and uh, they're being a part of the community that's just one way, and a lot of companies are doing that. I'm just using Carolina because uh, what's his name has boots. Paul, what you said his name earlier? What was it? Yeah, I'm not good with names. But he, uh, I have boots, not Paul. Paul oh, doesn't have his own. He doesn't have well, his he, own boots. He has a pair of their boots. Oh, he I thought he said he's now. got the Paul Jackman Carolina boots. Didn't he say he had a new, new no. line of boots? 
A Sway Jackman? I don't think so. I don't oh, think so. Okay. Doesn't sound about right. That wouldn't work either. <laughs> Anyways, that'd be Jackman, Carolina. It's even worse. But an example <laughs> of disruption is is just the fact that there is a maker community at all, right? Making wow. is a very solitary endeavor, right? Most woodworkers, most you know mechanics, most metal workers, it's a hobby they do in the garage, right? And they talk to nobody. You know, yeah. you do your own thing, you live your life, and that's it. The fact that there is a community is a disruption and is an it, incredible one. And, and you know, we, we have seen in the time that this community sort of formed online, we have seen the exponential growth of what makers are doing and creating, you know, what, oh you know, woodworkers. God, yeah. I mean, like you think about like if you go back in time five years ago and you watch some of the, you know, like the, the make videos and the YouTube videos and stuff compared to what people are churning out now, like the, because there's that collaboration and like everybody's learning from each other and, and, uh, and healthy competition, you know, it's yeah. uh well, a lot of it is the, is the, uh, interdisciplinary um, learning, yeah, right? Yeah. So woodworkers are learning from machinists, right? Yeah. So you start to apply some machinist methodology to woodworking, a yeah. lot of like sort of what like Matthias does, like his yeah. level of precision and engineering that goes into woodworking that you normally would never do. And machining and like and welding too were always so secretive, you know? Yeah. It was always like this thing, oh, you know, you weld, Dark you get arts. a weld school. Yeah, it was like this, exactly. Nobody knew anything about now, it. Now, was it, was it really secretive or was it just hard to communicate and that's where i say technology is really breaking with tradition it's the catalyst for that because we we i mean we're on two different countries and two different sides of a continent or whatever you call it and you the three of us right that wouldn't yeah, you got that right that, yeah so yeah i did get that so right, right away huh? yeah yeah well, i wasn't surprised i was a little you were a little <laughs> yeah <laughs> he nailed it God. remember the pre-show i said i had an idea the, the, that I wanted to mention. Oh yes, yes, please, please. Yes, do. okay. Do go on. It's kind, of, it's kind of on with the technology thing. So there's two. I broke with tradition in two very, very huge ways this week. One you is, ate a hamburger. No, no, I'm not that. You all. took sinus um, meds. No, you can tell I didn't do that. You can hear me. Uh, but you guys, I mean, if you think about it, you know me and what I do and what I make and what I build. Can you guess what I'm making right now? Something out of plywood and new wood and walnut and I don't know. No. No, it's more of an object, not the material. Um, what, what did I say I don't like making or I never would make? Cutting boards. Yes, I'm making a cutting board. Wow. <laughs> it's for uh, for a friend of mine, a local. He might be a listener too, um, a local guy. Came by my shop once and he asked me if I'd make one. I was like, yeah, for you I will. I'll make you a cutting board. So I'm making a cutting board and I glued it all up. It's a bunch of, you know, um, you know breadboard type thing. You know, all these, mm-hmm. not breadboard. Um, you know. Engraved. Uh, End grain, yeah. Not oh, you're grain. doing end grain. No. Okay, yeah. Not end grain. The uh, butcher block. Butcher block. That is end grain. Well, um, side grain. I don't. End grain's like up and down, you know. Well, then yeah. it's not like, butcher block. But that's what grain. butcher block is. Butcher block is up and down. Yeah. Like a bowling alley. Like. That's you're not, like a that's bowling not, alley. Not you're not block. even. You can't even break with your own tradition right now. Come on, suck it up. Well, whatever. I'm making a. I'm making a cutting well, board. So I but, feel like we're glossing real fast over the over the fact that. I got a piece of Tim Sway trivia right and Bill did not. You could tell he's like eating his heart out over there. <laughs> uh, he's just half asleep, I guess. Uh, uh, he is tired. So you're making a cutting board that is fantastic, and it's it's. It so is, I wouldn't have guessed that. I really wouldn't have. So yeah. So I'm so I'm breaking with tradition. I was like, yeah, I'll make a cutting board. I'll make it for you know for my buddy here, and um and then so I glued all the pieces up like Friday or whatever, and then I you know came in today and I was like, oh. 
crap, I'm making a cutting board. <laughs> I remembered. And it's all, you know, not even. Like, it's a little uneven. So I'm like, it's too wide to go through the planer. So I'm like, well, I could put it through. I have the drum sander, but that thing's kind of a pain in the neck. And so I said, I know what I'll do. I will flatten it on the CNC. So oh, I, yeah. uh, so I had, I, I set up a, you know, I kind of set it up on the CNC to get the one side, you know, flattened and flipped it over and flatten the other side. What and time now, next week is it? What time next week will it be done? Oh no, it it, it was done by the end of the day. If uh, you want to break with tradition, <laughs> if you want to break with tradition, flatten it yeah. with a one eighth inch uh, end mill. End mill, yeah. No, I use a three yeah. quarter inch. I have a uh, not three quarter inch. It's like a one inch. Um, the the leveling for leveling your yeah, wasteboard. Yeah. Is so it a flywheel? It, was, it wasn't. Uh, it's like one. Yeah, it's like a fly cutter, but it's just like a. It's like three three carbide tips. Um, okay. It's not huge, but it's, you know, it was fine. Gets the job. Um, it's not huge, but it gets the job done. Sounds familiar, yes, Tim. I hear you. Exactly. You understand. Right. <laughs> so. No, no. So, uh, you know, it took, it took like an hour on each side. Not even an hour on each side, I guess. Uh, but so I was able to do that. And uh, what was great about that is I was able to do other things while the, you know, instead of sitting there with a hand plane leveling it or running it, standing, standing in front of this, this drum sander for an hour, you know, just kind of able to go. All right, so let's keep the ball rolling with this. Seriously, let's let's brainstorm right now. What can you do on top of all that to break with tradition on this cutting board? What's an idea we can come up with to, to you make this thing that's – because so far, if nobody would know that, right? If they got this cutting board from you and you didn't tell them, hey, I don't usually make these and I did it on a CNC, they're like, okay, so looks like a cutting board. Phil. I got one. I, I think you were alluding to the fact that it was – edge glued right so it's all long grain the cutting board yes i have never seen a cutting board that had edge grain and long grain mixed so you'd have a butcher block center portion and then you'd have two outer portions that are edge grain no the opposite put the put the uh put the edge grain together right and put a butcher block vertical as a border around it but that's that's uh, like decorative, right? I actually mean like you'd use a portion to chop, and then a portion to display, right? Because the the butcher block style where it's up and down the grain, that you do that so that your blade doesn't lose its its uh, sharpness or whatever, right? Because it just sort of goes into the yeah. edge grain, yeah. and yeah. then the and not the the short end grain. grain. Yeah, end yeah end right. Yeah. So but so butcher block the in long the grain then. stuff dulls your blade. That's so actually a really just, good idea, but it's not going to happen with this cutting board because it's already basically right. done. So, right. I have well, to what can a, you um, do to it now? Well, I have to put. He wants a like a, a drip tray. I don't want to say blood tray, but I guess that's it's what it is. It's a blood right? tray. Yeah. yeah, he wants the the trough around the edge and a uh, juice trough. trough. He wants me to put. Um, yeah, it's for vegetable juice. It's a vegetable juice trough. Yeah, he, sure it is. And then he wants uh, like you know like a little place to kind of put your hands on the side so you can pick it up. So I'm gonna do like a little notch there. Yeah. Uh, probably on the router table. And then he wanted me. I uh, asked if he wanted any engravings or anything. He's like, I want your name on it somewhere. So I'm gonna put my name on it somewhere. I guess I don't know. But uh, do it as an inlay. I might, uh, yeah, I might do it on something on the laser on the bottom. I don't know. Or I could do an inlay, but I don't want to do like like you know like my name and like way yeah and like cutting into it all day okay i got it i I want to put a small somewhere on it you know what if like your one um transformer guitar you make this thing to where it's a cutting board swap the pieces around it's a um a a tenderizer swap the pieces around again and it's something else uh rolling pin telephone pole yeah i mean i don't know how about a paperweight i'm gonna make it a cutting board and a paperweight whoa that's innovation. Stand back. Stand back. Could Look you, out, could taxis. You, 
Could you cut it? Could you, um, what do you call it when you slice it thin? Fillet? Can you fillet it? And then um, put something in between it? It would actually be kind of cool to put like a secret compartment in there or make it like a knife block so you can slide your knives into the sides. Does anybody do that? I hope Joel's never, not listening. I've never seen it, that. Yeah. That could be are you kidding? Joel, Joel pays good money to listen to this podcast probably three times a week. He's already, he's already working on the on the put your knife yeah, in the already, butcher box. He doesn't store. listen three times a week. He he donates three times per week. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah. Yeah. We love Joel. Well, we do now. Um, yeah. <laughs> donate three times a week, you know. <laughs> if you hadn't already made it, uh, you could also have made it out of made your own plywood out of three really cool woods. So that looking at it sideways, like sort of the thin way, it'd be... That's a fun idea, too, yeah. I wanted to do the, the long grain, I guess is the proper way to call it, because uh, that seems like that's like a nice way to do it. And what I did is I used yeah. a whole bunch of different species of wood that I had laying around. It's mostly maple. Yeah. Uh, I had some walnut in there. I had a piece of uh, some stuff. I don't even know what it is, because uh, Infinite Craftsman, another one of our, our patron supporters, he brought some wood over that um, he had. It was all these like kind of like cutoff strips, so they're like they were like all like an inch and a half wide but they'd be like only like an inch wide at one end and stuff like that you know mm-hmm. and uh from some guy's shop he was and he gave me all these different i don't even know what they are there's different rare hardwoods and stuff so i kind of use a couple of those and cool and, uh yeah yeah you could also break with tradition by using polyurethane on it yeah i was gonna uh, i was gonna leave it wet too <laughs> just, <laughs> just just turpentine and then polyurethane yeah. good to go <laughs> a little a little roofing tar that's all yeah. you need <laughs> just seal it right up yeah, food safe, probably. <laughs> all right, all right, settle down, settle down. So, all right, so what's, what about something we can advise as far as reclaiming? Because I mean, tradition, reclaim, go get a pallet, build a coffee table, right? So, what is there something we can, we can, some nugget of usefulness we can provide for people that are listening? Break, break from the chain, break from tradition, whatever it is, and um, in as far as reclaiming or upcycling goes what is something we haven't really talked a lot about i only have one and that is uh don't be shy you know it's kind of like um we keep this to ourselves a little bit because we don't really want to ruffle any feathers or whatever maybe that's just the way i feel but network talk to your friends hey guys if you've got anything that's wood that you're going to be throwing out or anything that's metal that you're going to be throwing out let me know i'll come by and pick it up i'd be happy to do that don't don't put the, it on the side. I'll get it. That that can backfire though, because then you have like I don't know. For a while, because people knew I was doing that, I had people like offering me all sorts of stuff, and you kind of feel guilty for not taking it, and it's like you don't well, want it. And then you, you say like no thanks it. like a hundred times, and then they start feeling like why am I asking this guy? You know, I think that sort of that's. I got a load of uh, mahogany because I did that. I yeah, I've, I've had great scores too. But Make, also making sure, yeah, making sure people know what you do. If you're if you're an yeah. upcyclist and a, and a uh, recycler, reclaimer, whatever, let make sure people know that. I mean, so they, yeah, yeah, yeah that's, oh, that's, absolutely. that's a good yeah. idea. Yeah, put your put your name on your truck and reclaim wood. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you need to go that crazy, but yeah. who want to do that? Let let people know what you do. Be well, passionate about it. When people see that you're passionate about something, they want to participate in it. They want to be part of it. Yeah. What else? Uh, then? From from another angle, like I got into this for the environmental reasons. Well, the money, after yeah. after because of the cheapskate thing, you know. But um, uh, pallets now, like they're they're selling pallets at box stores, right? 
you know, so like pallets cool. now have value, right? And uh, it's like, okay, good. We lifted the value of the pallet. People want them. They're a commodity. Um, what what are other things that are getting thrown away that we can do things with? That's what I'm always personally curious about is finding new materials that, that things that are, you know, again, my, making worthless things priceless is always my goal. What is it that's getting chucked that nobody gives a crap about that we can find purpose for? And uh, I'm back on right now. My personal kick is I'm back on holocore doors. Um, <laughs> wow. Yeah, because it, I, I had some ideas for them, and because uh, I have the laser cutter now, it's perfect fodder for the laser cutter. Oh yeah, right. you just take that door skin; it's beautiful. It, yeah, and it's all just cardboard inside. It's a perfect piece of plywood, you know. But um, so I, I very, I put, I had my wife because she's in some of these like local uh, Facebook forums. I said, hey, mm-hmm. just put up a thing asking for holocore doors, and uh, within minutes, I had five doors. And I had to, I had to tell her to take the thing down. I was like, uh, oh, you know, that that'll last <laughs> because people are throwing them. Away. You know, people have them in their basement in their garage because they don't want to take them to the dump because it costs twenty bucks to throw away. If they put it on the curb, the door, the garbage man won't take it. So it's just this like expense for them to throw it away. So they're more than happy to give that away. Mm-hmm. Uh, so things like that. What else does what else do people have in their basements that they they don't want to throw away because it costs them money? So they're just hanging on to it. What is it that people want to get rid of? And what can we do with them as upcyclists? That's our challenge. That, that's a break a, from it, tradition. It's a huge, huge um, uh, goal to attain. That's it's worthwhile, worthy, worthy. I like and, it. And yeah, and you and you're gonna fail sometimes too, as Bill knows, because he bought one of my guitars. <laughs> but but you try, you know. I think just cruising the 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 uh, Craigslist free section is a great way to go. You're gonna yeah. see a lot of stuff there. Or something um, you may not normally like, because I do. I, I always look at the free section on Craigslist. There's yeah. a lot of stuff that I just pass by without giving it a second thought. Maybe, yeah. maybe not do that. Maybe think about okay, go get it. It's free, and let it sit there for a while. Let it let it marinate in your garage or on the bench, whatever this thing might be, and see what yep. see what happens. Yeah, I have a few things that have been marinating for about five six years now, like yeah, that. <laughs> I, I do too. Someday, I've, yeah, I've you got had a whole backyard for a while. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've got it down to just the side of the house. But one of the yeah. things I'm personally going to do that's going to break from a tradition that I'm used for, and this is based on something Tim told me to do politely, which was quit using garbage all the time. Um, but Casey's going to go with me, and we're going to go buy some reclaimed lumber, some actually milled, you know, reclaimed lumber from a place that sells reclaimed lumber. I don't hmm. usually do that. And yeah. um, I've been talking about doing it. I'm going to do it for some of the builds in the salon. There's, there's in the Bay Area. There's many places that are there. So instead of me hunting through garbage and dumpsters and everything else, which I will always still do, sometimes just because of I'm course. bored. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I am going to actually go buy reclaimed material. It'll help support these small businesses that are trying to put that stuff back in the market, and uh, make me feel okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, no, I think you're going to enjoy the experience. I also like Tim's concept. Well, it's not necessarily Tim's, but Tim has brought it to my attention. The concept of chauffeur, which is uh, French for hot cold, which is mixing of materials. So there's nothing wrong with using reclaimed and mixing it with new material. Um, I do that as well. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to potentially start doing that guilt-free, um, you know, because using any reclaimed is better than using no reclaimed. And that's that's what's funny about the, the talk about breaking... Uh, from tradition of being a reclaimer is we do get stuck in this little world of like we can't go spend money on stuff we have to find it i mean literally there's a guilt factor there's a guilt factor that comes in there it's like give yourself permission 
what I think we talked about this before. It's like what percentage can you legitimately yeah. say it's reclaimed? I think kind of any percentage. You know, you can say, hey, if I if you actually went out of your way to put something and repurpose something into your build, then it's a reclaimed build. It's not bought from a store. It's, you know what I mean? So you can say made ethics. with reclaimed materials. Any yeah. like any percentage. This is a safe phrase. Made with reclaimed materials. Right. If you made it with nothing but reclaimed, then then it's made entirely of reclaimed. You know what I mean? Like there's that's, like that's um, a good way to say it. Yeah. I mean, there's there's mm. things that you have to say with food, right? Like sugar free. You can't say that unless it's actually sugar free. You know what I mean? Like so, there's a lot of things. Although there are loopholes because Tic Tacs, which are almost entirely sugar. They're able to label them as sugar-free because technically, according to the FDA, anything that has a serving of less than half a gram can be called sugar-free. So yeah, the food industry is great at loopholes. It's <laughs> weird like that. <laughs> anyways, best. all to say, it, it's uh, just label it you know, ethically and then you're good to go. But you're so, right. I, so, I yeah. never think of buying wood as part of this hobby because it almost never has been. It's yeah, kind of a weird mind frame to be in. Yeah, it's it's I hard. It. It's yeah. it's hard. I like buying reclaimed. I hate going to the store to buy new though. Ugh. Well, I did it. for for the pallet wall build that I just did. I bought two quarter inch sheets of uh, plywood, and it's just yeah. like you know what? I'm not going to be able to find the plywood Never. in good enough shape. Or if I do find plywood that's in good enough shape, it's usually thick. It's like three quarter inch because that lasts the test of time. But I wanted just a thin sheet of plywood to put the pallet boards on so I can mount it as one unit. And uh, so I did. I bought a couple of those. And I was like, eh, that's not so bad. So cool. Yeah, I've bought my fair share of plywood, that's for sure. Yeah. And But ply- isn't plywood technically reclaimed material anyway? No, not at no. all. What? How do they make plywood? They peel trees. Yeah. They peel them like a like an apple. Really? You know? Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I did not know that. It's actually really cool to watch. You should just yeah. Google a video of that of uh, you know plywood factory or whatever. You see they they have some like you know bazillion dollar tree and they make the top layers. They'll, they'll peel the veneer off of the top layer and mm. it's uh it's pretty it's pretty wild. It's like it's I I'm floored by it, that. There's a blade that's like that sharp for yeah. you. Yeah. You know what? That makes you perfect <laughs> perfect sense now. But now I'm thinking what is actually reclaimed is um, particle board or. Yeah, the IKEA stuff. That's all <laughs> that's, the sawdust from the mill where they make the plywood and the oh and they no. make the S4S. Yeah, but it's but it, it's junk and it's not eco friendly because like, of all the crap they mix in with yeah, it. Yeah, eighty percent glue. Yeah, it's twenty percent wood. You know. Yeah. But um, yeah, and it's useless and it has no shelf life. That's the main problem with that stuff. Is like, you know. I think I'm use. getting. I I used to be that way, and I'm starting to have a shelf life again. That's good. <laughs> okay. Wow, was that like a did, didn't we have a, a somewhat informative and decent podcast last week too? Is that two weeks in a row? Yeah, we got to knock this off. Pff, all right, next next week it's uh we'll next go back week, to esoteric nonsense. By the way, about uh, I think guinea pigs was, who, and who was lizards. it that left the comment on the Patreon page that let us know that exoteric actually was a word? Was it I didn't know, but thank you, Camille. If it was you, yeah, I didn't. I, I didn't see that. Exoteric is the opposite of esoteric, meaning that everybody knows about it. It's not a niche. So, Makes sense. So all I have to say, and I, I want to be mature about this, is you can't say na 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 unless you did it on purpose. You can't, yeah, have, unless you, you can't be unless accidentally right. See, I break from yeah. tradition in all ways. I don't care if that's what you think. <laughs> he's, I can do it. He's just like a, he's just like a broken clock. He's accidentally right twice a day. You know? That's right. <laughs> every day, not just once. Every day. Every day. Hey, is it ten? 
No, yeah. it is now. Um, <laughs> okay, so I think I think we did good on that one. Yeah. Uh, do you want to bust open the iTunes reviews? Yeah, I have a I have them open already over here. Okay. And uh, there's there's a couple new ones. Let me go. Uh, we haven't read a few of the international ones as well. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read this one, but I, I, okay. Well, <laughs> I'll just read it. Um, best podcast ever named reclaimed audio, which is factually correct. Um, mm-hmm. the episodes are only about three minutes long, and they always end by saying Jeff Shaw, comma Infinite Craftsman. It's a, it's just great. Oh, one more thing. Infinite Craftsman, Infinite Craftsman, Infinite Craftsman, Infinite Craftsman, <laughs> Infinite Craftsman, Infinite Craftsman. I'm not quite sure who wrote this podcast or this uh, podcast review, but apparently they only listened to the first three minutes of it and they're happy. So yeah. uh, that's probably why they're happy is because they stopped listening there. <laughs> well, well, let me let me read the, the next one because uh, okay. that one is from uh, uh, our new uh, patron supporter, Nate. A tree-hugging hippie, a self-depreciating, lovable goofball, and a sassy Jew walk into a bar, and this genius <laughs> podcast was word. born. Uh, these guys are talented, funny, and informative. Give them a try. If you don't, you're just cheating yourself. Don't cheat yourself. Also, look for me, Creator Nader, on his Instagrams and YouTubes. But, Nate, again, thank you, brother. We love your support. We've always loved your support, and we especially love it when there's money attached to it. So, you're a good man. Hmm. Well, then I guess I'll just read the last one here. All right. Uh... Uh, this one's by Joe Pierce. The title is Review This Review, Suckas. Um, if the hosts of this show were animals, Phil would be a stallion because of his <laughs> glorious name. I don't know why you're laughing. What? Also, that's not the only reason why I'd be a stallion. <sighs> uh, Bill would be a grizzly bear because of his insatiable urge to hug things. And Tim would be a llama because he doesn't eat meat and hates it when you throw off his groove. I guess that's from uh, the Emperor's... Oh, I thought it was because Disney. he likes to spit at people, but that's Those okay. Are there's that, too. Yeah. I have a lot in common with, and also bad dental hygiene. <laughs> I like, TMI, I, brother. I, this is the I'm sharing with, episode uh, this week. Yeah. I'm happy with my, my animal that I would be. I, I, I like llamas. I'd rather Who doesn't be a llama like llamas? A, I'd rather be a llama than a bear or a stallion. No, you are you kidding? A stallion? Who wouldn't want to be a stallion or a bear? You'd better be like, like this this penned up llama. Not even, not even no, an I'm alpaca. At least llama. alpacas are good a for wild llama. Tim, why don't you break from tradition? Hey, hey, why don't you break yeah. from tradition? You can circus be circus bear. No, you can be an alpaca. I like alpacas too. Alpacas are way better. They've got great wool for sweaters. Yeah, we've uh, and they don't smell. Uh, Llamas kind of smell. I've yeah. pet a few alpacas in my day. See. Then you know. What after uh, after three a.m. a couple of couple of drinks. Especially <laughs> you know you're at the alpaca petting zoo. <laughs> How is everyone? <laughs> Last call. Well, all right. Let's go, call llama. Me that Uber. Um, <laughs> taxi. <laughs> <laughs> Take me to the alpaca petting farm. <laughs> uh, and what grabbed your attention? Let's go with Tim. What grabbed your attention this week? Um. One of our, our supporters, actually, Barry Custom, has a fantastic video on his channel. He made a um, uh, an eight-foot-tall giraffe out of uh, scrap metal. Uh, it's it's awesome. It's an awesome sculpture. It's got, like, uh, hubcaps and, and steel and bits and bobs of metal and stuff. Uh, Barry Custom, eight-foot-tall giraffe. 
It's a nice, nice short video. It's not like a lot of drama. It's like it's just awesome. It just makes this giraffe. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I've been called a giraffe too. That's another animal spirit. My wife thinks I look like a giraffe because of my height and long neck. And the orange splotches. And blue tongue. Yeah. Wow. Giraffes have blue tongues. Things just took a sharp left into creepy town. (laughs) Did you know that giraffes have blue tongues? I do now. Thank you, Gwen. So do some dogs. (laughs) Some dogs have blue skin. Really? Yeah. My in-laws have a uh, blue miniature pincher, and he actually is blue. Wow. Yeah, that might be his fur. I don't know. Uh, Bill, what do you? Uh, what, what got your attention? Uh, well, one thing I want to advise is, and again, just real quick, thank you, Nate, for uh, the new patron support. But check out Nate's video channel too, the Creator Nader, because he does some amazing. The guy just draws. He's like a freehand artist, and he does these fast-forward videos, which suck because it makes me so jealous because I can do stick figures if I'm lucky. And here's this guy creating this amazing artwork. Like within three minutes, you know, it would take me, well, it would take me less than that because I just copy his work, but um, technology, baby. Uh, and the other thing that caught my attention is, is not only his generosity, but Nathaniel Garrison, I mentioned a, a while ago, that he was going to send me some cigar boxes and some wood flooring and I got it. Uh, so thank you, Nathaniel. And he sent me some, um, I believe it's hickory wood flooring that I'm going to use for some of the guitar necks. That Sick. I, but yeah. So I. Uh, cool. And talk about breaking from tradition. That's a thing I bet not many people would think to make things out of or to make guitar necks out of, especially, is wood floor. Huh? Huh? Or hickory. I don't or hickory. So thank you. Thank I mean, you. That's a that. really hard wood, too. That's that's good. I could be, be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's what he said it was. So yeah. either way, I, I don't care if it's pine. Thank you, Nathaniel. And thank you, Nate. And thank you, awesome. Phil. And thank you, Tim. Just thank everybody. I love everybody. All right, settle down. Um, our channels on Instagram, Twitter, Wait, and YouTube. Phil, you didn't, yeah, you didn't Phil. we the one Let time me? we don't skip over you and you don't actually say anything. Well, I don't know. You creep me out with all the thank yous. Okay, uh, let's see here. Oh yeah, I started watching this guy's videos. His name is Patrick Sullivan, and he's got almost twenty-eight thousand subscribers. But he does a lot of jigs and homemade tools and stuff, which you know, I, I guess we're we all like, um, but. This guy does it with, like, really cool precision. Like, these are not necessarily super short videos, but the most recent one was making a really accurate miter gauge. And it is, like, you know, to the tenth of the degree accurate. It's really, really cool, and it was very well done, and anybody can do it. So it was, uh, that was a great one. I enjoyed it. Right cool. on. Yeah. yeah. You know, I like those shop fixtures. Uh, back to my previous rant. Uh, on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, I'm Phil Pinsky. Check out WilliamLutz.com, TimSway.net, NewPerspectivesMusic.com. Contact us for show topics, suggestions, feedback, all that good stuff. We love hearing from you guys. Info at ReclaimedAudioPodcast.com or hit us up on Twitter at ReclaimedAudio. On iTunes, leave us them reviews. There is a link on our website, ReclaimedAudioPodcast.com, that takes you right to iTunes so that you can leave a review. We've made it super easy. Uh, patreon.com slash reclaimed audio there's also a link on our website to that link as well making it super easy to check out our patreon page and with as little as one dollar you get access to the mind-blowingly awesome pre-show where you get to sort of mix it up with us and see how it is that we come up with these incredible topics week in week out so i I almost have to say we need to up that because after today's pre-show 
it should be ten bucks a pop. I'm just saying. Because that's how good it was. Oh, but oh yeah, her too. Right, right. Okay. Yeah, no, it was was alright. It was pretty good. It's pretty good. Fair enough. Ten bucks it is. Um, (laughs) And uh, (laughs) that's that's all I got there. That's all she wrote for me. All right. All right. That was good. I think. Good. Not great. But good. Adequate. Yeah. Satisfactory. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Are you guys riffing on the movie again? Nope. Nope. That was all Philsway. Oh, don't ever That's, say that again. Yeah, I don't like that. It's one word. It could be a company name. I wasn't I wasn't taking on your last name. Never mind. Goodbye. Have a good week. Bye everybody. Yeah. I just didn't like it. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> all right, be good. Forget it then. All right. All right, I'll forget it. Or don't. <laughs> <laughs> and stop. <laughs> oh, crap. Mine's hiding there.